0: Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to NovaChurch.com. I want to speak a message tonight called Unexpected Christmas. Unexpected Christmas. And uh, I think if there was a word that was going to summarise 2020... It would be unexpected, who agrees with me? I mean, who would have imagined what we were thinking this year was gonna look like at the start of the year? It's Christmas now. Who could have imagined what 2020 was gonna look like? Anyone kind of feel the same as me? It's been an unexpected year and uh, no doubt this year is an unexpected Christmas. I wanna read a passage to you from Luke chapter 2, verses eight to 18, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna get into the Word tonight. This is what it says, it says this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in their field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Come on, who knows the Christmas message is for all people. "'For unto you is born this day in the city of David "'a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. "'And this will be a sign for you. "'You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths "'and lying in a manger.'" They made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Let's pray together and then we're going to get into the Word. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. Jesus, I thank You that Lord, when we open up the Bible, it comes alive. We come with faith and expectation today, Jesus, that You have a Word for every single person in this room today. Whether they're a believer or a non-believer, whether it's their first day in church or their thousandth time in the house of God, I believe, God, that You are going to make Yourself known tonight to people from every walk of life. We thank You for it in advance. Come on, and a faith-filled people said? Amen. Amen. You all know my prediction about 2021 is that there's going to be no surprise parties. None, because everyone's sick of surprises. Are you with me? Like no surprise parties, no surprise weddings. We're just going to kind of stick to the plan because this whole year has been one giant surprise, right? The fact is, is that Christmas itself was a surprise, We sing these carols, we read these books, and we're kind of used to the story now. But if we're honest, you've got to understand, when the first Christmas happened, it was not what people were expecting in any way, shape, or form. Uh, There's kind of two people in the room today, right? We're going to get really serious right now. You ready to get serious? There's a a moment that happens to every person at Christmas time, right? And it's the moment where someone ambushes you with a present. Who knows what I'm talking about? They come up to you and they give you a present and they say the worst thing you can hear out of any person's mouth, which is this, open it now. Does anyone else hate that moment? Open it now. Open it right in front of me, okay? Who's an open it now person? Who's happy just to, to risk it for the biscuit, open that present now and see what happens, okay? Who's an open it later person, right? You don't wanna deal with the pressure of opening that thing in front of them. And the reason why you wanna open it later is because you don't wanna have to lie to them and tell them that you like it, if it's terrible. Like, oh, thank you so much <laughs> this, this, this. Doorstop, <laughs> in the shape of a kitchen. <laughs> it's, a, it's what I've always wanted. Thank God, right? So, so open it later. The reason we say that is because we don't like the idea of something not meeting our expectations and not knowing what to do with it. The truth is, the first Christmas was not just a Christmas that didn't meet people's expectations. It was actually a Christmas that exceeded every single expectation that people had imagined that God could be. The first Christmas is the story of God doing the unexpected. And that's why I've called my message today, Unexpected Christmas. I want you to turn to someone right now and tell them, you're not what I was expecting. You are not what I was expecting. Now turn to the person you ignored. And tell them, you're really not what I was expecting. You're really, you're really not what I was expecting. The truth is, church, we serve a God, come on, of the unexpected. How many people who've been walking with Jesus could testify that God has showed up in our lives and done things that we were not expecting? That at the last moment, and when we thought there was no hope, God came in, come on somebody, and did something that we weren't expecting. The fact is, God is a God who doesn't just meet our expectations, He exceeds them. He is so much better than the God we often hear about and the God we often know. The first thing I want you to know about this unexpected Christmas is this. Number one, is that it was for unexpected people. Unexpected people. The shepherds in the field, we saw that clip at the start of these, these shepherds out in a field hearing the news that Jesus was about to be born in Bethlehem. And the truth is, we're so used to hearing that, we don't even realise how amazing it is. See, the shepherds weren't people of status. In fact, the society at the time would have regarded them very much as nobodies, as people that no one cared about and no one had time for. And who knows that who you tell something first to reveals a lot about what they mean to you, right? When you get engaged, who do you call? You call the people that you're closest to. Why? Because they mean something to you. I'll never forget when we found out that we were pregnant with twins, right? Crazy story. I'll never forget, and we were driving on the way to the, to the ultrasound. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if we're gonna be able to have more kids. I'm kind of thinking, this is the last pregnancy. I don't know what we're gonna do here. I'm thinking this is I don't know how to tell Hannah, because she wants three kids and I want two. I remember rolling into the ultrasound and the guy, the guy's there and he's like, Is this your first ultrasound? We're like, Yes. He's like, <laughs> just like that. Uh, and he, he pulls the little scanner over and he says, This is your baby? We're like, oh, wow, look at that. He's like, this is your other baby. And we're like, wow! It's crazy. And I'll never forget, just like, we were literally laughing. We were just sitting there laughing and laughing because we had a guy come to us a year before it and we were in a prayer meeting and he prophesied that twins were going to follow us everywhere we went. And so we realised, we turned to each other, we were laughing and we were like, The prophecy was true, right? And so... We had this amazing, I remember getting in the car and thinking, who are we gonna call first? Like, who are we got on speed dial? Who are we gonna call? And of course we called our family and our friends and those closest to us. And why did we do that? Because those people were close to our heart. You gotta understand that Jesus revealing Himself, God revealing Himself to the shepherds was not just a random accident. It was a declaration about the kind of God that He is. That He's not a God just of the priests. He's a God of the people. The ordinary people that the world overlooked is who the Christmas message is for. It's beautiful. He told the people closest to his heart. I love this thought of the Father in heaven being there. You know, my son is about to come into the world. Who am I going to call? I'm not going to call the kings. I'm not going to call the religious leaders. I'm not going to call the wealthy elite. I am going to call the shepherds. But shepherds were the nobodies. They weren't pious saints. They were poor shepherds. And in this moment, God is sending two messages in one moment. The first message is that my son is coming. The second message is who my son is coming for. Who my son is coming for. I love this from Romans chapter 9, verses 25 to 26. It reads so beautiful. Hosea put it well. I'll call the nobodies. And make them somebodies. I'll call the unloved and make them be loved. In the place where they yelled out, "You're nobody," they're going to call you God's living children." See, God was coming for the ones who never thought that He would come for them. When God showed up to the shepherds, He declared to the world that He was a God who was going to show up to people who never saw it coming. People who weren't from the right side of town, who didn't grow up in a Christian family, people who didn't have money. I'm going to come and speak to those people. Good news today for those in the room who believe that God only shows up to the spiritual people, to the people who have it all together. To the people with the right status and the right background. Can I tell you today, God is in the business of drawing near to those who thought he never would. God is in the business of revealing himself to people who never saw it coming. God is in the business of bypassing religious piety to meet with real people. Come on, it's who he is. The second thing that was unexpected about Christmas was this, number two, is that Christmas happened in unexpected places. The Bible says that the shepherds were out in their field when they encountered God. Now, anyone who's ever been to a sheep field knows that it stinks. Come on, any country people in the house, you know it stinks, right? We have this beautiful picture of just, that's a sheep field, it's beautiful, rolling meadows. No, no, stanky. Stanky, just turn to someone and say, stanky, right? It was was not pretty. God was not known (laughs) for turning up in the fields outside of Bethlehem. He was known for turning up in the temple in Jerusalem. The mess of a dirty sheep paddock was not the place you would expect God to show up. The stench of a filthy stable is not the place where you would expect a king to be born. But Christmas tells us, That God wants to show up not in the neat, clean, nice places of your life, but the dirty, dark, broken places that you would never expect to find Him. This is the Jesus we preach. This is the Jesus we speak about. It's the Jesus who comes into the broken, messy, dirty places of your life and finds you there. Come on, He shows up in marriages that seem impossibly broken. He shows up in addictions that seem impossible to be beaten. He shows up in our deepest pain, in our lowest moments, to lift our heads when we least expect it because He's a God who knows how to show up in the field, to show up in the dirty, dark places of our lives. That's where Jesus meets us. I'll never forget this time I was in Perth. We're preaching at a youth camp over there. And we, we just preached there one year and we came back for the second year. I remember walking into the camp and this, this teenage girl came running up to me and she says, Pastor Sam, I need to tell you something. I'm like, hello. So <laughs> like, I need to tell you something. I'm like, watch. She's like, I want to show you my tat. I got a new tat, Pastor Sam. And I'm like, are you old enough to have a tat? I don't even know if this is legal. And I turn to the youth pastor and I'm looking at him like, is, is this okay? Like, I, I don't know. Just, is it all right? Like, what's happening? i like, no, no, you want it. We to do it. Okay. So she's like, I want to show you my tattoo. And I'm like, okay, okay, show me your tattoo. And so she pulls up her sleeve and she's got this brand new tattoo. You know where it's so new, but it's all scabby and gross. It's like that kind of thing. And, and, and the tattoo said, dirt to destiny. And as soon as I saw that tattoo on her arm, I began to cry because it was the title of a message that I preached there every the year before. And what I didn't know is that when that girl was in that crowd that year, she was in a season of drug addiction she was in a season of loneliness, abuse, and attempting to take her life, all kinds of terrible things that were going on. And in that moment, God showed up in the field of her life and set her free. And she said, Pastor Sam, I haven't got those thoughts anymore. I love Jesus now. I'm doing well. My family's back together. She's telling me all these things. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And eventually she says to me, she says, um, we're going to do baptisms at the end of the camp. So I'm so excited, we're waiting for the end of the camp. And, and she's all in her bavers. I'm thinking, oh, this is so beautiful. I'm going to get to see her get baptised. And then the youth pastor goes, no, no, no. She's not getting baptised. She got baptised last year. She's in her bavers because she's baptising all the friends that she's told about Jesus the year before. Because, because when you encounter, come on, the love of God, the goodness of God, when you know that we serve a God who shows up in the unexpected places of your life, you can't help but tell other people about it. I'll never forget. When she rolled up her sleeve, I was just thinking, gee, I wasn't expecting that. But the fact is, Jesus shows up in unexpected places. I believe tonight that some of you came here for carols, but you're going to leave knowing Christ. Jesus is not restricted to a baby manger 2,000 years ago. He is alive today. He's doing today what He did then, setting people free and being who He is. We always read from the book of Isaiah at Christmas time about the prophecies of Jesus. There's this earlier part that everyone seems to miss. And I was reading this again this week, and it just made my heart explode as I thought about who Jesus is and what he does. Can I read it to you for a minute? It says this for you have broken the chains that have bound your people and lifted off the heavy bar across their shoulders. The rod of the oppressor used against them. You have shattered all their bondage. See, our church, come on, is a church. Full of people who encounter God in unexpected places. People who were addicted, people who were broken, people who were lonely, people who were walking without Jesus. That is what this church is all about. It's about Jesus coming and landing in the unexpected places of our life and doing something that only He can do. The third thing that was so unexpected about Christmas, and perhaps the most beautiful thing, is His unexpected presence. Number three, his unexpected presence. Is anyone else here easily startled? Like you're an easy scare? You're just a total victim for people who love scaring people? My wife, when she's in the kitchen, is just immersed. Like she gets sucked into this vortex, this kitchen vortex. And I'm not even trying to scare her, but I walk up to her and be like, hey, babe, (laughs) she freaks out. It happens all the time because I think, She's so consumed with what she's doing, but she's unaware of how close my presence actually is. And there's this moment that happens in the Bible with the shepherds encounter Jesus. The Bible says they were startled. They were like, wow, what's going on? And you know, obviously like angels are startling. That's a good reason to be startled. But I think the other reason they were startled is because they realised that night that God was closer than they ever had imagined. That his unexpected presence Had come close. See, the shepherds had only ever known God to be someone as far away as the stars that they sat under each night. But that night they realized that God had come down from the stars to be where they are. And this is what sets Jesus apart from every other religion on the face of the planet. Every other religious text preaches a God who stays in the stars distant from your reality. But only the God of the Bible is a God who comes down from the stars to meet you where you are. It's His unexpected presence that's available for every single one of us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call His name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. That God is no longer apart from us, but God is with us. He's with us. It's His unexpected presence for unexpected people. Showing up in unexpected places with an unexpected grace that changes lives from the inside out every single time. See, God becoming a man means that God came to meet you where you are. And not just in some passive, airy fairy way like yeah man I know what it's like to go through what you're going through no Jesus felt everything you've felt walked through everything you've walked through it's in the nature of who he is only Jesus can tell you when you're walking through the darkest depression I've been there too my presence is in that place Because the Bible says that a dark depression came upon Jesus when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's not just with us in a nice airy fairy sense. He's been there. Only Jesus can say to you when you're walking through heartbreak and rejection. I've been through heartbreak and rejection. The people closest to me left me. They walked out on me at my moment of greatest need. He's not just with us in an airy-fairy sense. My presence is with you in your rejection and in your heartbreak and in your pain because Jesus is not just God apart from us. He's God with us living it, experiencing it and present with us closer than our breath. Come on, who is grateful today that we don't serve a Jesus caught up somewhere in the stars, but a Jesus who meets us right where we are, right where we are. It's kind of a nerdy Christian thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. Been a Christian for a while, maybe you kind of have like a, Hall of Fame of people in the Bible you want to meet when you get to heaven. You're like, want to meet Moses? You're like, what was it like to part the sea, bro? You know, like Mary, what was it like to tell your husband that you didn't sleep with someone else? It was just God. How was that? You know, like so, it's like there's all these people, this crazy stuff, um, and you can kind of think of a shepherd being told this angelic story and running, you know, to see the baby Jesus, and you can imagine them looking into the manger and you can imagine getting to heaven and saying something like, what was it like to see this little baby Jesus in a manger? Like, what was it like to see Jesus, to be that close to Him? And you know what I reckon? I reckon they'd just look back at you puzzled and be like, why are you asking us what it's like to be that close to Jesus? We had to open a stable to be close to Him. All you have to do is open your heart. We we had to look at a little baby boy in a trough, but all you have to do is look up and the Spirit of the living God, Jesus, can come and be closer than your breath. What do you mean? What was it like to be close to Jesus? You are closer than we ever were. His unexpected presence. You might feel tonight like you're the unexpected person. Someone who would never expect to have an encounter with God or to become a Christian or to be like those weird Jesus people. Maybe you're here tonight and you're in an unexpected place. Who knows this year has been a year of unexpected places. Jobs have been lost and people have gone through hard times. But what if tonight there was a God in heaven who came down to meet you in that unexpected place, in the place where you least thought you'd find Him, that He would be present with you. See, when the shepherds found out that Jesus had come for unexpected people in unexpected places, they did something, one last thing, that was also unexpected. The Bible says that they ran to Bethlehem. Here's the thing you gotta know about running. A, I'm very bad at it. But B, in Bible times, people didn't run, men didn't run. It was considered shameful. That's why I don't run. You know, I just still think shameful. You know. People say you get out there and run, Sam. I just say, nah, man, just follow on the Bible. You it's crazy because you can miss it. These guys are running to Bethlehem because they've realised that there is something they want so bad, but they don't care what it looks like anymore. They just want Jesus in their life. And here's the thing today. (laughs) Here's the beautiful thing. Is that although they were the first ones to run to Jesus, they weren't the last. After that, there was tens. Then there was hundreds. Then there was thousands. Then there was millions. And 2,000 years later, billions of people have gone running to Jesus because they found a Saviour, come on, who was here for unexpected people, who met them in unexpected places and did an unexpected miracle in their heart and in their life thanks for joining us on the Nova Church podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to NovaChurch.com for more.